Hello, hello everyone. This is Cultured Kun. Welcome back or welcome to Culture Talk, the podcast, which is available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Jamit FM, and other such streaming platforms. I'm your host, Cultured Kun, and I started this podcast as an entry into my mind as a way to air out my thoughts, feelings, and to become one with self, as a way to also align with my higher self and to show my lower self flames so I can rise from the ashes as a phoenix and such. So along this journey of self-discovery, self-enlightenment, self-actualization, I started this season, this is season four of the podcast, and I wanted to focus on self. I think I wanted to focus on self because I come from a culture of Ubuntu. Ubuntu means I am because you are. Ubuntu comes from Abantu, which means people. And typically in Africa, well, there's this synergistic relationship between self and society. So we believe in the idea of existing in synchronicity with society. So the self isn't more important than society. Society is self. We are one. And it's this idea that we are all equal. We are all equally valuable. We are all sacred. And all life is to be valued because it is from God and it is of nature. And hence why we venerate our ancestors and venerate our value systems and our beliefs, prop up the group as opposed to the individual. Now, due to certain unforeseen circumstances, as we know historically, this idea has changed, this mindset, and this has affected a lot of us. So you'll find on YouTube, I've done a series called Afro-Saxons, where I talk about decolonization, but more importantly, the after effects of colonization and imperialism, particularly on indigenous African tribes such as myself, because I am a Afro-Saxon. I am an African with the mindset of a European, or at least an African who has the embellishments of Eurocentric society. For one, I'm having this conversation in English. English is the most comfortable language on my tongue. The other languages, my other indigenous African languages, don't sit so comfortably sifting through symbols. It's a struggle, it's a pain, it's almost a laborious movement to get them to announce the arrival of certain assemblies of symbols to make their letters that formulate the sentences which you paint pictures in your mind. And so I want to frame this conversation as self-worth because I think this idea of identity ties into self-worth. You know, we've come following self-harm, self-sabotage, suicide, self-love, self-loathe. I just want to have this conversation, particularly with the gents, about self-worth. Because a lot of gents root their wealth or root their sense of worth in their wealth, in their material gain. Whether it's the muscles you have, whether it's the money in your pocket, whether it's the ladies you can attract, whether it's the cars you drive, the house you live in, the job you have, the position you occupy. All these other things which mean nothing. All these other things which if your house was leveled, if the ground shook and opened up, if rapture were to come would be meaningless, would just be arbitrary. So how do we measure self? How do we measure self-worth? And what is the worth of self? So in the previous episode, I spoke about worthlessness. I spoke about choicelessness. I spoke about hopelessness. And a lot of gents can identify with those three lesser feelings, with those three lower frequencies. And this is because we are preconditioned to believe that in society you have to provide your worth. You have to pay forward the interest that is due on your identity of self. 
so as a man we are treated as though if we do not if we are not useful or in in service then we are useless so if we are not being used by somebody or abused by somebody then we are not thereby useful now we are not useful because we're not being used we are useless because we are not in use we are without use so there's this framing of the masculine identity as a tool there's this framing of this masculine imperative to operate actively to prove one's worth to society every day until the man dies and then after the man dies he will either be built a statue or be ripped to shreds by friends and family and the legacy leaves behind so this topic pains me because i do come from a family strong men and women they like and i think we have struggled with the idea of self i think in the first episode actually no first or second second episode of this season i spoke with one of my cousins chirofia and we spoke about how for many men the ideas of self is rooted in their impact on others so we measure one's worth by his affect or effect on the lives of others as opposed to what that person has intrinsically as opposed to what that person can offer themselves as opposed to the combination of skills and talent that person has we measure it by its service by the merit which is again reviewed by the recipients of said person's skill set and it's a complex thing because in africa the idea of self is i wouldn't say rubbished but it's understated i think particularly in african homes we grow up with this idea of service so we're in service to each other and the idea that if everyone upholds the needs of others then everyone's needs get met but obviously those needs at times get superseded or supplanted by superiority complexes by those above us and those people in positions of power often times abuse that authority which then leads to tyranny and they suffer from the tyranny of choice because who do you choose to oppress so often times the people we oppress are the people in our control the people closest to us so if you're a father you like to oppress your son or your wife if you're a son you like to oppress your brother or your sister if they're younger than you if you're an uncle then again you follow that same repetitive destructive cycle so now that leads us to beg the question how can we resolve this crisis of self do we remove society from self or self from society and i think the more permanent solution would be to remove self from society i think in isolation we learn to grow with ourselves i think in africa we learn to grow within a community but once you step away from the community a lot of who we are steps aside a lot of who we are falls apart we couldn't even recognize our own shadow if we saw it because we're so used to looking into the light of others that we miss our own light we miss our own shine we miss when our shadows being erased by our actions we miss when we're being overstepped we miss when we cannot communicate our needs or there's an open and clear cut channel of communication for which you can open up about how you feel in this world whether it's worthless whether it's choiceless whether it's hopeless and a lot of men feel this way a lot of men can identify with these feelings i've just iterated we take them in person because there's attitude that is what it is so even with self worth when you ask a lot of gents about it a high value man and this is going to be a controversial take because 
as we know, Andrew Tate grew in popularity because he was saying on-trend things at the right time with the wrong people. People didn't realize they were finding his flames by getting upset and spewing negativity that all publicity is good publicity. A similar popular strategy by Donald Trump, I might add, who also did the same. He divided and conquered the people and ended up being president of the United States. But anyway, I think our cognitive dissonance will disallow you from digesting some more divergent takes with regards to discussing how much deeper we can get in detail with regards to our difference of duty to self. Because we neglect self so much in the obligation to serve society that we become monotonous. We become slaves to a system and I'm trying to be very cautious with my wording here because I realize that this messaging will offend some of you here some of you are so far steeped in the idea of duty and morality and obligation that you can't see yourself some of you can't remember the day time when you looked after yourself you took care of you. You're so far into the service of taking care of others that you forget to put on your oxygen mask before that of others. And you fail to save yourself despite drowning in the desperation to save others. But you fail to breathe because your snorkel isn't big enough. And you end up getting trapped in that trauma of trying to save others. Not realizing you're traumatizing yourself, inflicting great harm, which will then be passed on to generation, to generation, and generation. But that took a dark turn. But I just want us to think about self real quick. I know I've said a lot. I know I might have triggered you at this point. I know to some of you, you may not have even fully digested what I've proposed or suggested or put forth. But I just want to sit and think for a bit. Who am I? What do I value about me? What does the world value about me? Is it my height? If it's a lady, is it your aesthetic? If your agenda, is it your finance, your income, your money, your position, your power, which you flaunt so flawlessly? Is it you? Is it your story? Is it your conversation? Is it your laughter? Is it your humor? Do people genuinely appreciate your presence? Or is it the presence they get from you being present? Do they appreciate the gifts that come along with you or the gift of your time? Do they appreciate simple gestures such as sharing laugh or story? Or do the gestures have to manifest physically in this realm? To be taken account of. And even in your own family setting. How are you valued? Are you valued by your levels of obedience? By how many times you say yes. Even though you secretly meant to say no. How can you value yourself if your no is useless? If you're unable to say no to things you don't wish to do. But you do them anyway. Others would call that quote unquote discipline. I would call that a lack of boundaries. A lack of standards. 
a lack of self-worth. And so as I'm trying to probe your circuitry and your perspective on this topic, I want us to think about those who benefit of our lack of self-worth. I want you to think about those people you cannot challenge in your life, the people you cannot critique in your life, the people who benefit by stepping on your back to raise their own sense of self-worth, whether that's familial, whether that's fraternal, whether that's romantic, whether it's corporate. I want you to stop for a moment and think about that. You see, self-worth is something I can't seem to get a wrap around. When I was younger, I used to think my sense of self was the world. I used to think the world was my oyster and I was big enough to fill it. I used to think my dreams would change the landscape provided I was allowed the avenues to pursue them. I used to believe I was Captain Invincible, Mr. Incredible. Kun could do it all. But sadly, as I've gone through life, and I've lived through certain experiences, that idyllic state of mind has been deflated. And that castle, in my imagination, which I built sky high, has come crumbling down. And my sky has fallen. All the blocks which I built up of notes and mind maps and vision boards and prognostications of a bright, prosperous future have fallen to hit me in the arse. Some in the eye, mostly in the heart. And I have been broken down and had to rebuild myself and reassemble my sense of self with time. Going through grief will teach you to do that. Being humble to the belief that you are not unstoppable. That there are gatekeepers bigger than you, better than you, who have been holding people back for generations. There are systems put in place just to hold you back. There are principalities and powers at play beyond your imagination. Far beyond which you could have ever calculated. So I wonder if there are any dreamers like me who've also suffered with that sense of self, who've struggled to pick back up the pieces of their younger self. And I'm doing this daily. I do this in my reflections. Emmaus, you could say. I do this when I write. I do this when I speak. I do this when I'm living and generally breathing. And I'm trying to push out the malady of my negative life experiences. I wonder how many of us truly grasp the concept of who we are minus our ambitions, dreams, desires, and goals, minus our failed impositions on the world. I wonder how many of us could ever just sit still and be present with ourselves and allow the moment of time to just pass. Allow yourself to enjoy the birds chirping to hear the clocks ticking, to feel your blood pumping, and to stop the mind from racing, and to just flow freely without forcing an agenda onto anyone or even yourself. 
I wonder how many of us struggle with that. So self-worth is a contentious conversation for me. And I'm sure I'll probably have to circle back at it at some point. But this is a good brief start. I think it will be an interesting platform to launch ourselves off as we dive deeper into the waters of self. I think that self-worth or values outside of what people think of me and what I think of me and what I love about me and what I'm comfortable with me is a conversation that's ever-changing. I think unlearning is a crucial part of sculpting self-worth unlearning traumatic coping mechanisms, which we referenced in the previous episode, unlearning defense mechanisms against people's imposition of you. Learning to stand up for oneself, I think, helps build self-worth. Structuring your thought and allowing certain things to pass, minimizing your psychoanalysis of every single situation which hasn't gone in your favor is again another push towards the direction of self-worth in my view. And I wonder how many of us struggle with these day by day. I wonder how many of us look in the mirror and don't recognize who we see. I wonder how many of us wake up each day dying a little bit because we feel like an imposter living our life and the lives we always dreamed of living only exist on the screen. Or in a book. Or in the confines of your mind. I wonder how far we go venturing into ourselves to extract the intrinsic value in our sacredness. I wonder. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about next. But I do know that this was a message I needed to get off my chest. I know that I've been more consistent of late. I know that I've been enjoying this process a bit more than I was perhaps earlier in the year. And I think it's good to come back to winning ways. I don't know how long this wave will last. I'm just to write I'm just trying to write it while I'm going. So for those of you 10, 12, 15, 16 who listen to me, those of you who ride by me and are sticking to me in this period and this season of growth, thank you very much. You are loved, you are appreciated, and you mean a lot to me. I may not say it all the time, but I really do appreciate all of you who have joined me on this journey. It hasn't been easy. I don't think it will get any easier. But I think we're built tough. We're tried, tested and approved. And we'll manage. We'll see it through. God willing. With that being said, I want to bless anyone who receives this message. Help you share it around. I want to send forth grace and goodness into your life. I hope whatever you're going through, you persevere. And any dreams you have set, you crush them. And you attain those goals ASAP. That being said, culture could not.